Guru Nation, welcome to episode 437 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. In this episode, you're going to hear a very chaotic, but very exciting and eventful and action-packed Instagram live stream that Chris and I did while we were driving back home uh, from monitoring one of the sites that we have for the CRO. And we answered a bunch of people's questions on Instagram about breaking into the industry, um, different questions about various aspects of clinical research. So there's got to be something here for everyone. Um, I think for sites, for people trying to break in, for coordinators, for CRAs, a little bit here for everyone. Thank you very much for listening to this unedited, completely unedited live stream. And make sure you go subscribe to my Instagram. Go go follow. And my username is Dan's Fair. And send me a direct message on there and tell me that you found out about the Instagram through the podcast. Okay. Thank you very much. And also go check out Patreon channel, patreon.com slash Link in the show notes. Just five bucks a month. We talk about digital marketing and we have a monthly mastermind, all kinds of fun stuff there. Also in the show notes, CRA Academy, CRC Academy. Links to both of those in the show notes. Also, if you want more sites for your study, send me a text, 949-415-6256. I said that backwards. If you want more studies for your site or you're trying to start a site, text me, 949-415-6256. With all that being said, enjoy the show. What is up, Instagram? Chris and I headed back home after a, I don't know, was it a long day of monitoring? You might have to go there sometime. Ronald Reagan uh, Residential uh, Library. Yeah, hey Eric, here. how's it going? Hey Jax1202, hey Sholop, Sholope. Chris and I coming back home after a relatively uneventful day of monitoring but something that had to get done for we're actually scanning documents for the CRA Academy for the interns we've got some COVID studies we're monitoring hello Miss, Mr. Pavin Taneser uh, yeah how to clinical research great Instagram to follow I see your post about Robin Hood how has the stock market been treating you not well it's been treating us okay. Poorly. poorly. You're talking about okay, poorly. Well, my personal account has been okay. You haven't lost money? No, I just have gold and Peloton. Oh, I mean, you're sitting okay. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, but I uh, uh, bought Tesla today. Good. Yeah, they have some battery news coming out. When is it? 22nd. The 22nd of September. So. If it's good, stock price $1,000 a share, supposedly. Sales are going in on the stock market. Yeah. So, how's, yeah, M. Pravintani, how's it going? Jax1202, Shalape, we are taking care of clinical research because research is very important right now, especially COVID. Yeah, bet on Elon, bet on Elon. WDY, WDYW.TBC. Somebody. How's it going? I don't know. What's her name? Yeah. What is new in the research world with you guys? We had our monthly Patreon mastermind meetup today. It went extremely well. 
we got practical, actionable advice for people. I had somebody who was a foreign trained physician looking to get into research as a CRA. I told him, you need to look at the site level first. You need to figure out how to become a psychometric rater, rater assessment. Hello, Ishantel7. Hello, Raka Ms. Hello, Cross Gabrielle. Toronto in the house. Hello, Moto Milayo. We told this person, you gotta look into being a psychometric rater. Abby O. Noah Moore. Learn how to be a psychometric rater. You are a foreign trained physician. Willisha Duh. You are a foreign trained physician. You are in demand. You're in the San Francisco Bay Area. Alright? You got a lot going for you. You got it, and sites, research sites in your area are looking for psychometric raters. But I tell you guys, no matter who you are or your background, research sites in your area are always looking for a couple of things. They are looking for patients, they are looking for studies. Free to be chick! How's it going? Hope you're enjoying the CRA Academy. Liana878, what's up? Alright, sites. Look guys, I'm gonna be a broken record. Sites, Chris, I'm a broken record. Sites need three things. Can you name what three things those sites, the, what those three things are that sites need? Chris is mic'd up, guys. A, a PI that will work with you. Okay, well that's, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris gonna make this more difficult for me. <laughs> Fede Ferraro, Royal Research Corp 2018, Rod Raphael. Rod Raphael is the man with a master plan. I see all your dog pictures you're posting. Red Bottom 48, Sandrix 1220, Mickey Boulder Bluegrass. Love me some bluegrass. Royal Research Corp. Sophie Sophieanne Bio sent a request. I would put you on, but with these mics that we have, I wouldn't be able to hear because I don't have headphones. All right, but yeah, we should do like uh, we should do a split screen on Instagram for sure. Sandrix twelve twenty. So sites, Chris was being difficult, but sites need three things. Okay. No, we're being so, difficult. Uh, you're making it hard. All right, you're making it hard. Of course, sites need um, uh, PIs, but sites need three things that people can get into the industry. Um, okay. And sites need more studies, more patients, and more uh, community outreach. So you're right with the physicians, clinicians. They need clinician outreach. D-Y-U-H-L-I-E-B-E-E. -E -E. What up? What up? So those sites need those three things. If you can figure out how to get sites one of those three things, you're guaranteed internship. If you can figure out how to get sites two of those three things, you're guaranteed maybe a job. If you can figure out how to get three of those things, I mean, you should take over the company. They're gonna give you the company. So figure out how to get sites more studies. We got webinars on this stuff. How to get sites more patients. We've got webinars on this stuff. How to get community outreach. Community outreach, not ours. Community outreach to the clinicians, to the physicians, to the nurse practitioners, to the physician assistants. 
those are what those three sites need. But this guy from San Francisco that was on our Patreon channel today, patreon.com slash It's only $5 a month, $10 a month if you VIP. All right, we do a 15 minute call every month. This guy who's on the Patreon channel, yeah, community outreach, community outreach. This guy who's on the Patreon channel, foreign trained physician from, uh, I don't know what country he's from, but he immigrated to the US, now he's in San Francisco. So he's got the educational background to be a psychometric reader. There's so many central nervous system disorder studies right now. Sites need raiders. We literally are trying to, we can never have enough raiders doing psychiatric studies. These rating scales, these rating assessments take a lot of time. These rating assessments uh, are very difficult to do and you need to have certain educational background. Estef, how's it going? You missed the Patreon monthly mastermind. What's going on? We are on there networking like crazy. Winnie Sai, what up? How's it going, guys? So with the educational background this guy had, it's a no-brainer for him to be a psychometric reader. But anybody, no matter your educational background, you can get site studies, you can get sites. Just go to colingotrolls.gov, get site studies. Go networking in the community, get sites interacted with community clinicians. Post social media stuff for the site to get patients. Build a brand for the site to get patients. Retro Zuli Moji 28. What is up with you people on this Tuesday night? Chris Aubers driving. I am BJ Flexi. We're going through Topanga Canyon. We're going through Topanga Canyon. No, are we? Will we? Uh, I think we already passed it. I am oh, BJ. Set fire. There. Oh, there's a fire? Yeah, there's fires all around us, guys. We're, uh, yeah, there's fire. California's uh, fire. doing pretty bad right now. Al Kula, what up? Okay, look, what do you mean lame? You're lame? No, you need to uh, put your concerted energy into accomplishing the goals that you need to accomplish. Mona Lamb. Alright, are there CROs who own sites? Yes, there are CROs that own sites. Especially in the phase one realm. A lot of them. 2C82, CRA Academy alumni uh, with a job now as a researcher. How's it going? How, like, we gotta do 2C82. We need to do an interview, alright? Like, just direct message me here. Tell me what day and time you can do it. You are such a success story. It's unreal. Recovering from sister's wedding. Okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, you guys did tell me that you couldn't make it. It's okay. Make sure to get certified in the scales you administer. Exactly, you can get certified online. The CSSRS, which is the Columbia Severity Suicide. What does the CSSRS stand for, Chris? Columbia Suicide Severity Rating Scale, something like yep, that. Just look up, look up CSSRS, get certified online. You can get certified for free online for that one. And then you could pay for the PANS certification, which is positive and negative symptoms of schizophrenia. Uh, there's a lot going on. Raisin Quinn, how's it going? A long time no talk. It's nice seeing all these people on Instagram. What a blast from the past for some of these people. But 2C82, 
hit me up in the DMs, all right? We gotta make this happen. I'm excited to be in class with Monica. I'm expecting great things. That's amazing, Red Bottom 48. Monica is an amazing teacher. She, in the CRC Academy, she has students doing like practical things. I mean, these students, their final projects are like getting studies for sites. Like what, what better way to go approach a site to be an intern or possible research assistant and say, hey, I already know how to get you studies. I'm doing it right now. Dr. Morena 809, how are you? How are you from Chicago? Uh, how's it going? Keep safe, everybody. Uh, any recommendations for CRCs on how to best break down a protocol? What do you mean by break down? The best way I think to learn the protocol, yeah, I know the live keeps pausing. Uh, we're driving, it's uh, sometimes bad reception, but the best way to learn a protocol for a coordinator is to actually create the source documents for the study. Yeah, let it One of the things I used to do, besides creating source documents, because I didn't like creating source, when I first started, I created flowcharts for every study. I don't even think you know that. I wish I still had some of these things. I had big posters on the wall for like a study. Like I had, I still remember the study. It was called the Clear Study. Hello, Tuna Turns. How's it going, Tuna Turns? What's going on? Uh, Boosty Junkie 82, what's going on? Your flow I used system. to make flowcharts. So I had the clear study. I still remember the one of the first studies I ever worked on. I had posters and I had boxes. So I broke it down by visits. So at screening visit, this is what you do. Does the patient qualify? Yes, no. It would go to a different route. It was like a map of what you do from when the patient comes in for that visit to when they leave, right? Uh, ICF, for example, like patient comes in, informed consent. Yes or no? No, do informed consent. Yes, continue to whatever assessment was next. You could break down flowcharts. You can create flowcharts for your studies. What better way? Matter of fact, if you have new employees, I would have them do this. But doesn't the protocol, protocol and more specifically the schedule of assessments kind of act as a flowchart? No, the protocol, that's the thing. These protocols are confusing. They don't act as a flowchart. They just, they're like a checklist. Well, not exactly because uh, many protocols have a have an order to the, uh, the assessments. Right, right, right. It's a flowchart. It's not a flowchart. Flowcharts no. have arrows. And yes or no. It's still a flowchart. You do this, mm, then you do this. But it's not visual like that. Uh, it's not visual. See, people are asking, Myra, what's up? How's it going? So, yeah, no, flowchart, like, so the person asked me, you know, how do you learn a protocol? I think the best way is to break it down visit by visit for your particular protocol with a flowchart. What do you do when, as soon as the patient comes in? Maybe your site has certain forms they need to sign. Uh, I could see that for like maybe a kind of a difficult study. Yeah. Most studies though. But what a great way to learn the protocol though. Sure. By forcing yourself to do this. See the thing, the thing that's, I think technology kind of takes this away to some extent is people don't have to struggle anymore to figure things out. Like, they just expect things to be ready for them. Like, eSource, in a way, eSource kind of takes away the whole process of creating source. You say this all the time, you know? eSource, it's really bad in Yuma right now. Yeah, we want to start a site out there, so it's going to be really good in Yuma. We need a doctor. Why is it bad? Uh, they're saying it's very hot there. 
Did someone agree with me? Sandrix1220, thank you. She says, nah, Chris doesn't know. Protocols provide visit schedules, but I just wanted to break it down. Mm. See, people know what's up. Well, maybe they need that uh, extra <laughs> visualization to conceptualize. I don't know. Read it, read it, and read it. Yeah, I. for me personally, that's what helped me learn was creating the flowcharts. I wish I still had these things. I, I think I know where they are. They're in that old South Coast clinical trial building in the attic. Really? Yeah. I can't go in there anymore, unfortunately. And nobody's there that I know anymore, except one person. It's windy, so read it, read it, read it. Sandix, yes. Sandrix, Jax1202. People cracking up because they're saying Chris doesn't know what he's talking about. That's okay. No, they're not I saying often, that. I often they're not know what I'm talking that. about. They love you, Chris. Okay. Let Chris know that he's uh, loved, but be safe, man. You're texting like you're putting my life at risk right now. I'm not texting. I'm just reading. Uh, reading, even worse. <laughs> Create your own source. Super important. So, yeah. So, my whole thing is like technology in a way is sort of allowing us to not... Like there's there's a value in struggle and in difficulty with like creating source is an example I can think of. Like it's painful, it sucks. Of course it's much better if you have e-source because the vendor creates it for you. But it kind of allows you to not learn the protocol. Same thing when the sponsors used to create the source for the sites. That's why they, one of the reasons they stopped doing it. It's one of the reasons they stopped doing it. Melly Mel, 31 what is up yeah create your own source super important and helping to remember the protocol i know if there's a table of events that helps a lot yes most protocol have a schedule of assessments um but yeah there's something about the struggle that i think in most cases technology takes away which is great because it makes our life easier it makes things more efficient it makes things cheaper but it also, I don't know, it does something to our learning process. I think there's value in struggle. What do you think? Well, you think I'm crazy? It certainly probably affects memory. I mean, who remembers uh, anybody's phone number anymore? That's a perfect example. Memorizing phone numbers, or what about memorizing how to get around your own city? You know, like with all this GPS that we're putting now, we don't even have to think where we go. And then like if something happens where you don't have GPS, you're not gonna remember how to get there because you're not training that muscle, you're not struggling. Lately, I've been actually purposefully not putting in GPS to figure out how to get to places that I should kind of know how to get to. Because I've noticed that with GPS, I just zone out and don't even pay attention to where I'm going, kind of like you're doing now with texting. Uh, paying attention, uh, kinda. Uh, have previous studies been placed on hold and is focused on COVID vaccine now? No. Previous studies uh, are starting. There's the all the studies that were on hold are starting. COVID vaccine. I don't want to get into politics, but I think that's gonna um, the COVID thing will come to an end soon. Uh, I won't say anything more. Uh, but yeah, I mean you still gotta be safe. But you know it's a serious thing still. But it, I don't know if it merits a lockdown, extended lockdowns. And the vaccine, uh, there's a lot of COVID vaccine studies and there's a lot of COVID treatment studies. So if you're a site 
and or if you are a CRA or if you're an independent contractor or if you're a consultant, um, there's a lot of opportunities for you right now. If you don't know the protocol, oh, what's your degree background and how did you get started in research? Uh, so I was pre-med, molecular and cellular biology, didn't have the grades, um, worked at a clinic, ended up, the owners like left, basically abandoned it. So I was able to, I got lucky, I was able to take it over. It was a struggling site with two studies, but I took it over, became the site owner and uh, learned all this stuff like in the process too and put my money into it and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I got started very much on accident. And then I got an MBA later, which I regret. If, if I regret anything, I regret getting my MBA because I think it was a more or less a waste of money. Um, if you don't know the protocol in and out, it's hard to recruit anyone that could possibly qualify. That's true. Um, but you can build a brand for the site. So it doesn't hurt for any site to be known in the community, right? Whether the patients who end up calling are gonna qualify or not, you know, that's half the battle. But the hardest part of that is building awareness of the site, having an active social profile. Right, posting content regularly on Instagram or on Facebook, or uh, you know, having like a podcast or like a YouTube channel or something for the community, for the therapeutic indications, and then you could slowly start getting people at the site learning the protocols so that they can pre-screen properly. But just, I don't think anyone's going to argue with the fact that having more people call you or email you interested in studies is a bad thing. I think that's a good thing. I think most sites have problem with not enough leads, not enough people calling in. How does COVID crisis change the role of the CRA? I don't think it does. Um, if we would have seen drastic changes, we would have seen it already between March and now. And what we're seeing is a return to normalcy, really. Like we have in-person monitoring visits, a lot more now um, most of them are still remote but we do have in-person monitoring visits and they're no longer checking temperature they're no longer we just went to monitor a site they used to check our temperature every time we went now they stopped checking the temperature so slowly I don't know if it's too soon I don't know I'm not a health expert when it comes to this but COVID hasn't really changed the role of us here matter of fact it probably showed how much CRAs are needed. With all these COVID studies starting, they need CRAs for all these things. And there, there weren't enough CRAs to begin with. Right? Like, and now it's just more studies. Uh, so yeah. It's impacted conferences for sure. And these virtual conferences, I've been on them. They suck. They're not conferences. These virtual conferences are basically like webinars. I mean, they were moving away from that prior Quite a few uh, sponsors were having these remote IMs. IMs, yeah. But conferences like DIA, Bio, yeah. Magi, yeah. those things, Absolutely. those guys, I'm telling you, those people who own those conferences, are they're doing really bad. Really bad. Right? Yeah, without a doubt. And to some extent, I mean, the value I've said, I'm on the record saying this, 
the value of those conferences is not the stuff that they present. It's who you meet and who you network with. That's the value. And doing this remotely, they basically took that part out. Yeah, it's I, basically just glorified webinars. I'm sure most people would agree with you on that. Yeah. That's where the value is. Do you think webinars are not the same? Nope, they are not the same. Do you think an exception will be made to be a CRA if you have years of industry experience? So yeah, if you have years of industry experience, you generally just need a bachelor's degree and you could be a CRA. If you don't have a bachelor's degree, it's very unlikely, I'm not gonna say impossible, but it's almost impossible to be a CRA. We know people that. If you don't have a bachelor's degree, unless you've already been grandfathered in a long time ago. Yeah, we know people that are CRAs that do not have a bachelor's degree, but definitely more difficult. Yeah. Yeah, the webinars are so boring, I agree. So when you go to these conferences, what you're seeing on the webinars, like when they do presentations, is basically in person, these webinars. So that's boring too. The value of these things has always been in the networking and walking the exhibit hall and talking to the different booths, the different decision makers at the booths. That's where the value is in conferences and you can't replicate that. At least on, on all the virtual webinars I've been on, on the virtual conferences you can't replicate that networking and it's just not the same as like chatting with somebody on in a chat room versus going in person at their booth asking them what they do telling them what you do i mean you can have real business done that way oh yeah linda jack seven what's up how's it going so yeah And we just hit some traffic. Only figuratively. Oh yeah, the things have gotten better in LA with the traffic. I hope this is like permanent. We didn't literally hit anybody. Yeah, no. We think LA has gotten a lot better with traffic. Make sure you go stay one on one though. Don't go on the 134. Okay. So yeah, I mean, what else do you guys think? You know, uh, I think slowly, slowly things are getting back to normal. We're starting to see if we would have seen changes, we would have seen them from March till now. And what we're actually seeing is, yes, some sponsors are allowing you telehealth if you wanna see your patients, but most of them are saying they prefer inpatient visits at the office. So yeah, make sure you don't do that. Uh, make sure you do the one-on-one. Yeah, well, people gotta get on my waist and get over. I've been in research for a long time, but switching careers to occupational therapy, love research. Any info or suggestions for studies that are not just pharmaceutical clinical trials? Yeah, nutraceuticals, uh, if you're doing occupational therapy, there's a lot of academic studies um, that are not interventional or therapeutic, they're just studies. So clinicaltrials.gov actually has a lot of those things. I like to continue to practice some aspect of research. Yeah, definitely. South Africa, Linda Jack, awesome. What time is it? If you missed the topic, don't worry. This is gonna be posted on my Instagram profile as an IGTV video. So you're in good hands. You're in good hands. Especially with Chris, you know, he loves flow charts. I do. I've created like two in my life. Oh, you have? Oh, yeah. They do help. They helped me learn the protocol better and help me organize my thoughts because I'm very ADD. Not for research. It was required in school. 
Ah, okay. Amp Deserts. Deserts. 3 hour 28. Thank you, Dan. Wow, so it's 3 in the morning? Or it's 3 in the afternoon. No, no, you guys do military time. So 3 in the afternoon over there. Or 3 in the morning? That would be amazing. I don't know what time it is in South Africa right now. What are the opportunity to work as international CRA? I mean, the same as it is here. You know, I think the U.S. is obviously the most opportunities. Uh, but internationally, like, there's studies, depending where you are. Latin America is huge, growing research industry, especially places like Argentina and Colombia, and starting to now in Mexico. Um, Europe, Asia, I mean, literally everywhere. Africa, the research industry is booming everywhere. So international CRA, whoa, 328 in the morning. What a trooper. Are you waking up or going to sleep? That's crazy. Either way, thank you for being on. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here cruising through Universal City with me and Chris. Devanger, how are you? How's everything going? We've just been talking research, opportunities, threats. We haven't really talked about threats from COVID. I don't think there's really any threats to our industry. I think the biggest threats come in the form of technology, which I'm never against. Uh, but if anything were to be a threat to jobs, it would be technology. Uh, however, I do think the jobs would change to essentially allow for more studies. So I'm not too concerned with that. And I, I don't think COVID has anything to do with that. Uh, Isgak, what's up? Isgak, Johnny Guns, that's a cool name. Johnny Gun 671 How's everything? I'm pursuing a master's in clinical research from India. Can you tell me something about the future opportunities? The future is now, my friend. The future is everything. I mean, efficiency. Getting patients in. Quality of, in a place like India, making sure ethics as far as consenting patients is monitored properly. All right. Kukalanita1111, what up? Ayaji Ogri, what is up? Isgak, thank you, man. How does artificial intelligence affect the CRA industry? Uh, what do you think about this, Chris? How does AI, we hear about AI all the time. How does artificial intelligence affect the CRA industry? Yeah. Algorithm. Uh, yeah. I mean, but if it's a robot, take 
behind what it, we needed to do though, I think for the next several decades, we're all gonna be okay. I think the demand for researchers is gonna way outpace the supply, but I do think technology plays a role. But luckily for us, here's my favorite part about clinical research, things happen so slowly. I'm gonna show you guys Capitol Records really quick. For those that don't come out to LA that often, we're going through Hollywood. Here's Capitol Records. Look at this traffic. This is 6.30 on a Tuesday after Labor Day, and there's like no traffic. Look at this. No traffic, right? Yeah, I hope this is permanent. There's the famous Capitol Records. So AI, I think its current effect is just identifying patterns, right? Which isn't really true AI, but identifying patterns, recognizing them, hey, this could be a concern potentially, like for this patient, or or just how to identify and handle things, right? Yeah. I think that's the initial steps of AI if it's not currently being utilized. Yeah. And that's probably all you're going to see from a lot. Just ide identifying things that maybe a human miss. Mm -hmm. I don't think that affects anybody's job. I don't think so either. I think it makes your job actually easier and they, they're going to give you more. <laughs> Trust me, those pharma and CRO that are paying you as a CRA, they're going to know the technology is doing a lot of your job. They're going to give you more. More of the human stuff, like source data review. Yeah. I think AI can even not now, but AI eventually will do source data verification, but source data review, protocol compliance, GCP compliance, that's what's going to become important. That's more true AI, too. And that's more true AI, and I don't think we see that for at least a decade or two. Uh, at least 20 years. At least 20 years, right? And especially in what I was going to say, clinical research industry, things move so slowly in this industry. And you have to adopt. Yeah, but you're literally going to see the changes if AI gets to be that good. You're going to see the changes in every other industry but I'd go further before that. research. Let's say AI is truly implemented or useful in 20 years. True AI, right? It would be 25, 30 years until it's implemented in research. Actually implemented, yeah. So all you guys watching, I mean, we'll all still be alive. Let's see, 50 years from now. I mean, God willing, a lot of us will still be alive, but I don't think we're going to be working. Maybe I'll still be doing live streams when I'm 90. For a foreign physician interested in pharma, what is the best choice to be CRA or medical science liaison? Um, as a foreign physician, you would not be allowed to be a medical science liaison in the United States. You have to be a licensed, either a pharmacist or a doctor in the US to be a medical science liaison, unless I'm mistaken. So I think the best choice would be CRE. Am I in a good lane? Yeah, you're in a good lane. I'll tell you when, uh, we're on 101, so yeah, you're gonna take the five eventually. Any advice for beginners in clinical research coordinators to stand out for new hires? Yes, you gotta rewatch this video because every site needs three things. Okay, getting studies, getting patients, and getting clinicians or the community interested in that site. So if you can figure out how to do those things for sites, you're gonna be indispensable. This is the pillars, the founding pillars of our CRC Academy, which some of you watching are already in, the Clinical Research Coordinator Academy, taught by Monica. Um, 
is such a practical course for CRC. Like there, we have so many store success stories already, and that's a new, relatively new program. So learn how to help sites get studies, do branding, get patients, do community outreach, do those things. Um, MSL, medical science liaison. Yeah, if you can, MSL is an easier job, but you typically need to be licensed in the state that you are working in. And. Adrian Solayaba, what's up? How's it going? So yeah, like I'll post this to my IGTV. We can watch, we can rewatch it. I'll probably edit it uh, and post it on YouTube to get people there. But see you guys on IG. You're first. You're first. You get to see it live. I don't really like going live on YouTube so much. That's good. Goncalez Marquez, how's it going? How's it going? What's going on in your neck of the woods? As soon as I talked about traffic being good. Yeah, you jinxed us. Yeah. Hey, maybe things are getting back to normal. <laughs> Is it recommended to come to the site after the class ends? Uh, for CRC, yes. Monica's already been having students. So definitely... Um, if you feel comfortable coming out, come out. For the CRA Academy, we're not allowing that yet so far, but maybe in a few months we will. It looks See, is it recommended to come to the site after class ends? Yeah. CRA from Brazil, awesome. Yeah, I, you know, I had plans to go to visit Brazil this year before COVID. So much for those plans. I was gonna go to El Salvador, I was gonna go to Costa Rica and or Brazil. And instead I went nowhere. I went to my mailbox. You went home. Yeah. Uh, medical science liaison requires you to be MD or PharmD, yes. It does? Yeah. I thought there were like foreign doctors that were- MD. Medical science liaisons? No, not for the drug companies I deal with. No. I don't think so, because they have to talk to doctors. I kind of swore I was at a study in which I had that conversation probably wasn't a medical scientist. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe it wasn't. It was a medical monitor, but that would seem to make more sense. Yeah, medical monitor. No. Can one apply to the CRA position from research tech? Yeah, I mean, why not? You know, it's a matter of standing out on your CV and on your cover letter and demonstrating what you know already. Because what people don't, what here's when people say that they need experience. What they're really saying is, we don't want to have to train you from ground zero. Like we want, we would like you to have a working knowledge. We're obviously gonna have to train you on our processes, anyways. Um, yeah, I think you're going right. You're good right now. So apply, apply. Make your cover letter stand out. Start building a brand on LinkedIn. It's amazing how many how many people who are in your situation and looking for jobs don't use LinkedIn. Like you should be using that. Um, yeah, I want to go to Brazil. Maybe next year, although that's not looking likely either. For other reasons. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. So yeah, I think we're going to end it, guys. But the replay, for those of you that came late, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um,
on YouTube and Instagram. So on the IGTV, it's going to be there. Uh, generally, how much overhead fee percentage would you add to a budget from a pharma? 40. 40%. Chris and I are going to do a podcast on budgets later this Maybe. week. Maybe. Maybe. we got to work out some kinks, but it'll happen. I think you should be able to hear me better now. But yeah, thank you so much. It means a lot to me that you guys are on. For those of you that join late, the replay will be on IGTV. Hopefully it's inspirational, motivational to somebody out there. Put this into work. Build a brand on LinkedIn. Start networking with people on LinkedIn. Um, thank you so much, Liliana878. And uh, hi, ZYZIOX. How's it going? 40% is the way to go, Will. Thank you, guys. Replay will be posted now. So hey everybody, thank you very much for listening to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. Again, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you leave a review if you could be so kind, please. Uh, and also go to the clinicaltrialsguru.com if you're interested in learning more about who I am, who some of my guests are. Uh, you can have access to some of my YouTube videos. Uh, I do a lot of videos about clinical research. So go to the clinicaltrialsguru.com and you can also call or text me anytime, 949-415-6256. Also follow me on any social media platform. It's Dan Svera. And you can also email me if you'd like, dan at theclinicaltrialsguru.com. Thank you very much.